brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. Francis said something a few days ago that really is worth focusing on because he accidentally shed some light on what is really going on with the Synod and its true purpose. And it was made clear by Cardinal Arthur Roach's repeated line about why the Church is suppressing the Apostolic Mass. Francis found himself repeating in his own weird way, and in his own words, the spirit of what Pope John XXIII was saying at the start of the Second Vatican non-binding pastoral council. Evangelization requires the Church to constantly update itself, to constantly make itself more attractive to the world. This has been the driving force for the weird years we've all lived in since the 1960s. From everything in the church ranging from the new evangelization and NFP to the synod on synodality and the calls for changing the church's teachings on the morality of the flesh. It's all part and parcel of a larger basic philosophic statement that was made at Vatican II. So let's examine this a little more closely by starting with Francis's statement that really got me thinking about this. So from a recent address he gave, quote, To bear this witness, the church as such must also begin by evangelizing herself. She must do so in order to not become a museum piece, he added. In brief, the Pope explained, This means that she has a constant need of being evangelized if she wishes to retain freshness, vigor, and strength in order to proclaim the gospel. Bringing his catechesis to an end, Pope Francis stressed that, quote, a church that evangelizes herself in order to evangelize is a church that, guided by the Holy Spirit, is required to walk a demanding path of continuous conversion and renewal. And this also entails the ability to change the ways of understanding and living its evangelizing presence in history, avoiding taking refuge in the protected zones of the logic of, it has always been done this way. This church, concluded the Pope, is one that dialogically encounters the contemporary world, that weaves fraternal relationships, that generates spaces of encounter, implementing good practices of hospitality, welcome, recognition, and integration of the other and of otherness, and that cares for the common home that is its creation. End quote. Francis appears to be describing, at least in part, the concept of a permanent aggiornamento, and in so doing, he basically admits that almost anything can be thrown out for this updating. Now, if you've never heard the term aggiornamento before, it was a term used during and after Vatican II to describe the phase of reform, renewal, and rebirth of the church that the modernists kept harping on about for a few decades after the council. It's the place the phrase like the Church of the New Advent comes from, which is itself a vaguely blasphemous phrase that should upset pious ears whenever it's used unironically. The term aggiornamento means to update in Portuguese, and it was applied to the church after the council. A permanent updating of the faith. Look, I don't know how anyone reconciles the timeless nature of the church and how the truth doesn't change to fit the age with the concept of updating the faith, but people have attempted to do it. Now, to reject this logic gets one labeled as rigid. Writing for 1 Peter 5 earlier this month, Matt Gaspers, the editor-in-chief of Catholic Family News and by way of disclosure and for transparency's sake, I tell you that I do submit an article about once a month to Catholic Family News and have been writing there since at least last summer. 
Matt, Matt Gaspers describes Adjornamento in light of the Synod on Synodality in this way. Quote, Beginning with John XXIII, popes have used the Italian word Adjornamento, bringing up to date and similar language to describe the fundamental purpose of Vatican II. During his speech at the opening of the Council, for example, Pope John said that, quote, by bringing herself up to date, where required, the Church will make men, families, and people really turn their minds to heavenly things. Without using the term, John XXIII described the essence of a giornamento throughout his speech, which is characterized by a rather naive confidence in modern man and an attitude of openness and leniency towards the world, which Scripture tells us is, quote, seated in wickedness. See 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. Below are a few examples. And now here is Mr. Gaspers quoting John the 23rd directly a few times. I'm only going to include two of the quotes for brevity's sake. The first one, quote, In the present order of things, divine providence is leading us to a new order of human relations, which, by men's own effort and even beyond their very expectations, are directed toward the fulfillment of God's superior and inscrutable designs. And everything, even human differences, leads to the greater good of the church. And the second, the Christian, Catholic, and apostolic spirit of the whole world expects a step forward toward a doctrinal penetration and a formation of consciousness in faithful and perfect conformity to the authentic doctrine, which, however, should be studied and expounded through the methods of research and through the literary forms of modern thought. The substance of the ancient doctrine of the deposit of the faith is one thing and the way in which it is presented is another. End quote. Do you see the problem here? I'll get back to the I'll get back to this stuff in a moment as presented by Mr. Gaspers. Let's shift over to something. The synodal documents aren't the only place we see this kind of language employed in the church today. Cardinal Arthur Roach has numerous times stated that the suppression of the traditional Latin Mass was because that form of the liturgy no longer reflects the ecclesiology of the church. Ecclesiology is one of those $20 words that you only really know if you spent too much time in college, at least if you're comfortable using it. It is a branch of theology focused on studying the church itself. Ecclesiology has to do with the mission of the church, what the church is, and what the faith is itself. To say that the same mass that goes back organically at least to the 5th century and can be traced in its essential elements back to apostolic times no longer fits the core theology of the church and how it understands its mission in the world in our time is to make a bold statement that says that, says that the faith now is no longer the same as it was before the council. John Twenty-Third called for an updating of the faith, and it looks like he got it. And by some accounts, he got more than he asked for at the council, given some statements about his recalcitrance about the whole thing on his deathbed. Cardinal Roach repeated this line of his with the BBC a few days ago, and said now infamously, quote, from... The, their interview with him. But Cardinal Arthur Roach, who's overseeing the restrictions on the traditional Mass, says it's not Latin that's the problem, but the old theology of the old that the old Mass embodies. You know the theology of the Church has changed. Whereas before the priest represented at a distance, all the people, they were channeled, as it were, through this person who alone was celebrating the Mass. It is not only the priest who celebrates the liturgy, but also those who are baptized with him. And that is an enormous statement to make, end quote. You know what? I agree. It sure is an enormous statement to make, but it's a flat-out lie. The church has always taught that the priest is the head of the body with the people, 
praying in union with him, including all parts of the Mass. One priest on Twitter summed up his position as being false and just debunks his entire statement, not that Cardinal Roach will care, but for your own edification, quoting the priest. Outrageously incorrect. The Church has always taught that since Christ is the head of the mystical body of which we, the baptized, are members, it follows that when he offers the sacrifice through the office of his priests, all the faithful offer it with him. Moreover, in very few of the Mass prayers does the priest celebrant pray for himself or speak in his own name. It is rather in the name of all the faithful whom he officially represents that the priest speaks to God and offers the Eucharistic sacrifice. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. The theology of the Mass has decidedly not changed. End quote. And he's exactly correct. Roach is repeating Luther's propaganda about the Mass. That's to be expected at this point because the permanent updating of the faith is inspired by Protestant Reformation-era ideas, which were at least part of the source of the misplaced optimism that Pope John XXIII had about the world in the early 1960s, especially given in light of events in the world going on at that time and, you know, decades beforehand, completely misplaced, and that Francis is clearly quadrupling down on. Mr. Gaspers quotes Professor Romano Amerio, whom John XXIII appointed to work at the Council, on this misplaced optimism when he commented on this in the mid-1980s, 20 years after the close of the Council. Quote, this optimistic interpretation of events, asserting that at least error is about to recognize and correct itself, is difficult enough to accept in theory, but it is also bluntly refuted by facts. Events were still maturing at the time the Pope spoke, but in the following decade they came to full fruition. Men did not change their minds regarding their errors, but became entrenched in them instead and gave them the force of law. The public and universal acceptance of these errors became obvious with the adoption of divorce, and the Moloch ritual. The behavior of Christian peoples was entirely altered thereby, and their civil legislation, until recently modeled on canon law in formerly confessional Catholic nations, was changed into something completely profane, no longer having a shade of the sacred about it. On this point, papal foresight indisputably failed, end quote. And Francis has refused to accept that. He has gone all in on this in the last decade, as we've seen with his hair-raising alliances with secular authorities who promote great evils in the world that the Church has stood against. This misplaced optimism on the human person is the source of why the Synod on Synodality is going full steam ahead towards giving the worst catechized generation in history a greater say in the Church with several national bishops' conferences going so far as to call for the laity to have the right to preach at Mass, if you can believe that, and in some countries to govern the Church directly, and to have the power to appoint bishops themselves. Let that one sink in, if you will. How much of that nonsense will make it into the final synodal document is unknown, but Francis has appointed laity of his liking to key posts in the Roman Curia, there are laity now running offices that no layman has ever run before. This is a misplaced optimism about human dignity, one that seems to have rejected the effects of original sin and concupiscence and other problems to some degree. It should be disturbing, but at this point we've seen what we think is everything under the sun proposed 
for the church to update itself by some of the hypermodernists to conform to notions of human dignity that have no basis in reality, as proposed by the secular world, that nothing shocks us anymore. At least, until something horrific does shock us, like that display in Austria I mentioned last week. Do you think Francis is talking about continuously updating the church in line with John XXIII when he condemns the rigidity of a church that is a museum piece? Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. Sharing this on social media helps a ton, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.